And now, Fastened Like Nails with Dr. Mark Hamby. Today is a very special day. It is officially the first day of the Masters Guild 2022. Wow, that's amazing. It's We've been waiting for a long time. Uh-huh. <clears throat> it's here. Yep. And it has been an extraordinary start with mm-hmm. almost double the students that we had. Um, actually, five times the amount when we first started, right? <laughs> yeah, you yeah. got it. Wow. And we got in the studio with us one of my favorite teachers, actually my favorite teacher of all, uh-huh. Colin Smith. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Yeah, I heard that you taught about some type of um, purple mm. ostrich today. <laughs> yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Sounds about right. Yeah, and you taught them how to speak French, I heard, too. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, all in one day. Can you imagine? No. Yeah, mm. they did a chiastic structure on a purple ostrich, and they learned how to speak French fluently. Wow, and this is all in the How to Study the Bible course. Yeah. Yep. This is, this is Found awesome. a way to put it in there. <laughs> 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 Only colon. <laughs> <clears throat> okay, so... We've been uh, talking about friendships, and boy, starting the Master's Guild with all these new students, meeting each other for the very mm-hmm. first time. Here they are in their first day, and it's kind of cool to watch how these friendships are developing. They're mm-hmm. working hard already. Yeah. They're, I mean, I walked into the bindery, and Madeline's in there, and yeah. she's looked at me with this big smile. She goes, I'm loving this. Aww. Yeah. And uh, I've got three students upstairs learning InDesign and media marketing. So i got exciting. students... In the kitchen right now, they're cooking salmon, you know. <laughs> it's just the coolest thing. And then Colin, Colin's here teaching, you know, how to study the Bible. But not just in not just to study the Bible, but in how to study the Bible. Yep. Colin, give us less than five sentences on what your semester is going to look like um, on how to study the Bible. Oh. We're going to sit down. We're going to open up the Bible. We're going to read it. And we're going to have a ton of fun. That's, that's only four. Nice. And that's then we're going to keep doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Repeat. <laughs> okay, but reading the Bible isn't fun to just anybody and er- anyone. That's here. true. Sometimes it's like a chore, and it's just like I do it because it, I feel like it's my obligation to do it. But your course is going to teach students to do something different with the Bible. What do you mean? How do you think they have fun and enjoy it? I think I think we've made the Bible not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Bible is a ton of fun. Um, I guarantee this semester we're going to be laughing out loud Aww. while reading the Bible. Wow. We'll probably be crying. Whoa. There'll definitely be some tears. There'll be some joy. Mm-hmm. There'll be some frustration and anger. Mm-hmm. The Bible has, God's made us like with this wide range of emotions. And uh, I think what we've done is we've taken the Bible and we've turned it into something that's way more watered down and bland than what it was intended to be. So when you read the Bible the way it was intended to be read, hmm. with the characters coming to life, mm-hmm. real people with like real flaws and real problems, it's way more fun hmm. and way more entertaining, way more challenging, way more interesting and relatable. Hmm. Okay, so let's get right into it. Let's study the Bible today. And we're going to start in Proverbs chapter 1, and then we're going to go right into 1 Samuel uh, 16. And we're going to talk about friendships today and how friendships are formed from a biblical perspective. Mm-hmm. And so right right in the beginning of Proverbs chapter 1, he Solomon gives us five different people. They're the simple person. Mm-hmm. There's, there's the um, knowledgeable, mm-hmm. young, young man, mm-hmm. knowledgeable person. And then after the young, knowledgeable person, there is the wise person. Mm-hmm. And then there's the understanding person or the discerning person. And so you've got to decide which person 
fits you the best. So the simple person is a gullible, naive um, person that is um, willing to believe almost anything, mm-hmm. doesn't think things through. In fact, the term literally means thoughtless or guess what? Hmm. Fathead. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. So that's the simple person. Everyone starts in life as a simple person. <clears throat> but then it's progressive. And Solomon says, from a simple person, you move to a youthful, knowledgeable person. This is mm-hmm. all in Proverbs chapter 1. And after, after, and the reason he's youthful and knowledgeable is because in order to stop being a simple person who's na- naive, thoughtless, believes anything, gullible, you have to gain knowledge. Mm-hmm. If you gain knowledge, then you move to being a wise person. Mm-hmm. Okay, And after a wise person, then you get to the very top of the heap, and that is the understanding, discerning person, mm-hmm. vena. Uh, the word the word is bina, and I saw it yesterday from a um, an email I got from Israel, and it said that bina is just one of those amazing Hebrew words, but it it's the ultimate in 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 knowledge experience, but it has to be connected to a spiritual dimension. Bina, just total discernment of good and evil, cannot be acquired by simple acquiring of knowledge. It can only be acquired through a enmeshing of the Holy Spirit, giving you spiritual understanding that can only come from God. Mm. So that's pretty amazing, isn't mm-hmm. it? That that there's most people in the world do not possess bana this mm. true discernment. Adam and Eve did not possess bana. They did not trust this amazing discernment between good and evil, and they were deceived. So those are the the four main people where it starts. Um, I think I'm missing a person here. We got the simple person. We've got the youthful, knowledgeable person. We've got the wise person, and we've got the discerning person. So there's mm-hmm. four, and then we've got guess who comes on the scene next in Proverbs chapter one? Fools despise wisdom and instruction, mm-hmm. this, the correction. Okay, so you've got those four people, and if you reject knowledge, fools despise knowledge. Okay, so a fool despises knowledge, and then another character comes into play in Proverbs chapter one, mm-hmm. and he's the mocker. And mockers hate knowledge. Okay? Mm-hmm. So you got to decide, who do you want to become? Do you want to become this wise, discerning person? Or do you want to remain a simple person that is continues to not grow in knowledge and not have an enmeshed relationship with God's spirit that God gives you this true discerning and understanding? And as a result, you become a fool and you end up being a mocker. I have, Cole and Molly, I have run in to people just recently that fit that category and it was awful to watch Hmm. to watch a person that has rejected knowledge uh, rejected correction Mm -hmm. and has become not just a fool but has become a mocking fool Hmm. have you seen anyone like that i have i've seen a few in my day it's isn't an awful thing it's it's almost like a a death march it's just that they've they've become so consumed with their bitterness that the only the only outlet that they have in their lives is to mock other people, putting other people down. Mm-hmm. And so God gives us a warning right there. And remember, we're dealing with friendships here. Mm-hmm. God gives us a warning. And what he does immediately after talking about these six types of people, who, which, which one of these titles describes you the most? Are you naive? You're the simple person. Are you on a pursuit of knowledge, youthful, mm-hmm. knowledgeable person? Are you growing in wisdom where you're using this knowledge and you're, you're making profitable decisions with your wisdom. You're, 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 
you're a lifelong learner. You're growing in knowledge. And then are you mixing that with the Holy Spirit where God gives you now true spiritual insight where you can discern between good and evil? Or are you, you know, become a fool where you, you hate to be corrected or are you becoming the ultimate mocker? And what God does right after that, he says, I'm going to give you 12 wisdom lessons to learn from. And the first one is simple. Listen to your father's instruction or your father's correction and don't forsake your mother's teaching. That's the very first lesson. Lesson number one, listen to mom and dad. Lesson number two, choose your friends wisely. Choose your friends wisely. Don't go after people. Don't become friends with people that take advantage of weaker people that are always looking for greedy gain. That's how Mm -hmm. this whole idea of what friendships are all about starts off in Proverbs, and it says, stay away from those that take advantage of weaker people. It starts in the sandbox. You know, Mm -hmm. your little, you know, three-year-old is in the sandbox with, you know, little little Johnny, and and little Johnny's the weaker one, you know, and Mm -hmm. this other third person comes in, he's the bully, you know, and he takes Tonker toys away. You know, and then your child's there. How, what are you going to teach your child? Come over and spend time with Johnny. You know, give him your toys. You know, you you, you build that idea mm-hmm. of taking care of the weaker person early in life with your children. And as a result, they grew up to be the defender of the mm-hmm. weak mm-hmm. and defender of women and so forth. And so, Colin, I'm going to that's my lead in to friendships. Um, that's the second wisdom lesson in the Bible choose your friends wisely. If not, then you will become like your friends. And Paul's admonition, Paul's warning is that bad company corrupts good morals. Mm -hmm. That leads us to a study you've been doing in 1 Samuel 16. I think it's a Jonathan and David relationship. Yeah. Okay. It centers around David, Saul, and Jonathan. Let's talk about it. The theme is friendship. No, it's so important. Generally, I think when you were talking about it, it's so true. At the core of the ability to be a friend is is faith, mm. belief in God. And here's, here's what I mean. It, it also has to do with your parents. So when you're younger, when you're little, when you're growing up, um, do your parents take care of you? Does God take care of you? Do you mm. believe that? Because a person who doesn't believe his parents are going to take care of him is going to mm. find another way to take care of himself. He's going to steal from other kids. Mm. person who doesn't believe God is going to take care of him is going to take care of himself like Saul. He's going to do for Saul what he needs to do for Saul. Mm. That kind of a person is going to spend their life use, learning tools to Whoa. manipulate and control to try to get their way mm-hmm. and to get things without trusting God to give them to them. Wait, wait. This is incredible. This is an incredible moment right now for me because I was thinking like growing up as an unsaved child, unsaved teenager, unsaved young adult, you know, if... Because I didn't have that worldview and I didn't know God, you know, I didn't know God would meet my needs. I was always manipulating and dominating and protecting my own interests because I didn't have that relationship. Now, as a saved person, 43 years later, Mm. right now, today, I am going through one of the greatest trials of my life. And I am, I've, I've seen myself being tempted to think like, okay, how can I protect myself because I, you know, I'm, I'm getting older. I've got retirement coming up possibly, though I don't think I'll ever retire, but you know, I got to take care of my family. And so I, I've had thoughts enter my mind, like what can I do? But maybe, maybe no, maybe I just need to, I do trust my father. He has my, and so it's, it's caused me to, 
to pull back and not make any kind of decision. Just be on a holding pattern prayer and seeing how God's working things out. And I'm watching it happen. I'm watching mm-hmm. God mm-hmm. working things out in ways I least expected it. Because I do believe, I'm fully convinced that God will take care of my needs. Yeah, Amen. And I'm not trying to lift myself up in any way because I've, no, no, I've no. had my share of... Uh, of you know trials and falling flat on, flat on my face. So mm-hmm. yeah. so this is really good. It's not just for parents and kids right now. This is for us as well. For everyone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, well, this 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 idea though that this lack of faith, um, you know, you 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 see someone grow up and they they're going to take care of themselves. Mm-hmm. They're going to go and they're going to manipulate. They're going to lie. They're going to cheat. They're going <clears> to <throat> learn things like gaslighting and manipulation to get what they want from people. What's gaslighting? Gaslighting is pretty much telling people something's true that's not true. In order to deceive them, um, it's lying on an epic scale. So they're going to do these things to control and manipulate and get their way. And what they're going to do with that is it's a lack of trust in God. They want what they want. They want to protect. They want to provide for themselves. And this is Saul. Mm. Okay. Those kind of people are incapable of friendship for many reasons, but two basic fundamental reasons. One um, is in friendship, you need to seek the good of the other person, mm. and they're too busy seeking their own good. And they can't abandon that. And the second thing is, um, well, in seeking their own good, they're always trying to place themselves above the other person. Mm. They're always seeking what's in it for me. So if they're in a relationship with a friend, they're constantly going to try to use that person to get mm. what they can out of them, but put themselves over that person. Boy, and, we see that and push a lot. that person down and control that person. And really, it's going to become a master subservient relationship. So you see some people going around. Mm-hmm. They don't have friends. They just have subordinates <clears throat> all around them. And and that that's one reason. Another reason they can't have friends is they're genuinely because their affection for God is so hard, and they can't have true affection for man. Whoa. They lack that compassion, that empathy, that ability to have that. Mm-hmm. So these people, this is Saul. David is the reverse. David is a man who's trusted God from his youth. Mm-hmm. He trusted God. He killed the lion. He killed the bear. Mm-hmm. And Jonathan's that way. Praise the Lord. A Jonathan can come out of a Saul. Just because you have parents like Saul doesn't mean you have to be like Saul. Mm. So Jonathan is brave, he's compassionate, he's kind, and he trusts God. He has faith. Mm-hmm. And David and Jonathan's friendship meets on the grounds of faith, which which allows them to trust God for their future and invest in the other person mm. to pour into people. You need to know you need to have God pouring into you to pour into other people, mm. and awesome. that requires faith. <laughs> That's a good. One. So this is the basis of so jealous people are going to be like Saul. They're going to constantly be positioning themselves ahead of other people. Hmm. And they're going to be thinking, how am I going to take care of me in this scenario? Taking advantage of weaker people for their own greedy gain. Yes, that's exactly what they're going to be doing. And that's what Saul does. Saul is two things. Uh, He's a people pleaser, first. He's always trying to please the people because he's trying to advance himself. Mm-hmm. Mm. Secondly, Whoa, that's, boy, you see that so often in the workplace, don't you? Yes. I, I mean, I can honestly say we don't have that here. People-pleasing? People-pleasing to advance themselves. Yeah. I don't No, There's nobody trying to advance themselves here. Every, everyone works so hard. We're all, we're all trying to just get our work done and uh, help each other finish the day. We're, yeah. I don't see that happening at all here. Praise God for that. What's well, the idea of doing your work to be seen by men? This is how Peter talks about this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and Peter says, don't do it to be seen by men. Paul in Ephesians 5 says, don't be man-pleasers. Now, that's do it really as unto the easy Lord. to do. What? Like, do work to be seen by people. That's mm-hmm. very easy to do. Yeah, but when you're... Wor- that's that's true. But when you're truly, like, when you're growing and you're working to please the Lord, 
you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember my first five years of being saved in the ministry. Well, first seven years of being saved in the ministry, I worked my heart out to please my senior pastor. And there's nothing I could do to please him, mm-hmm. you know? And But it wasn't until God changed my heart to help me to see that I wasn't working for him. I was working for the Lord, you know? And, and that the things that I couldn't measure up to, I needed to learn, you know, what I needed to learn. You know, it's interesting. I, I never forget the time I had to... Let someone go here at Lamplighter, and uh, they they just had a they just weren't you know fulfilling their you know their their work and and uh, it was not easy to let them go, mm. and um, but they ended up having a real bitter spirit toward me and and the ministry, but particularly toward me. But I was thinking I was rehearsing that just recently and thinking like wow if that happened to me, you know and. I would want to ask my employer before I left, can you just tell me what is it that you think that I need to grow in so that I don't repeat this again somewhere else? Mm-hmm. What What is it that you see in me that I really need to learn? And I'm sure it could be, you know, something that's going to be hurtful. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll never forget when I was in seminary, I was, um, I was starting Lamplighter back then, you know, and so I had a little publishing stuff going on on the side, printing catalogs and stuff like that. It was just a one-pager. I was selling books to students at the seminary, causing a lot of problems with the bookstore <laughs> at BBC because uh, I was competing with them. Are you, are you the reason they went under? <laughs> oh, man. I could have been. <laughs> you know, so during that time, though, um, I remember going to the print shop, you know, down over by the garages. And uh, I, I brought a lot of stuff down there for them to print for me. And it was part of my course that I was taking. So if you were taking a course... And you were, you were um, a seminary student. They could print things for you, and you just paid a minimal cost for it. And uh, I remember going down there, and it seemed like my courses allowed me to do some things, kind of like for lamplighter. But it was part of my course as well, right? So I was, uh, was I taking advantage of the system? Yeah, I guess I was. You know, but it was, it was, it was all fair. You know, and yeah. and my my uh, my professor knew about it. That had approval for it, but word got around that Mark Hamby is beating the system. Oh. You know, Mark Hamby's using the system for his own advantage. You know, so back then we didn't have any money. You know, and and we're just trying to make things happen, and we're trying to trying to grow this ministry and so forth. And but um, it got to the president, and, uh, and we're not going to mention any names. And boy, he was mad, mm-hmm. and he let me have it during that time. And I felt just really terrible, you know, mm-hmm. that I had that conflict going on and I couldn't see the flaw in my character that was unaware of it. Mm-hmm. You know, but there was a flaw there. And then guess who came alongside of me, put his armor on me, six foot, probably four, six foot five. Abraham Lincoln. Stop it. <laughs> no, Baptist BBC. Worked oh, it's BB- my dad. Okay. No, not your dad. Your dad wasn't six foot five. I was six two, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, this is taller than your dad, deep voice, dark hair. Ken Rudolph? Ken Rudolph. Oh, Ken. Oh, Ken came around, put his arm around me, he said, Hey, he goes, You've got a lot of energy and a lot of promise. God's got his hand on your life and you're going somewhere. God's gonna use you. He built me up, right? Yep. He goes As Ken does. He goes, But Aww. he goes, There's this there's this one flaw that you you don't see. Mm-hmm. He goes, And you you need to you need to grow in this area of your of your flaw, and he goes. It's, you, you take advantage of other people to get what you want, and mm-hmm. it was like oh, like dagger, right, mm-hmm. deep in my heart. 
but Ken's dagger was filled with love. Mm-hmm. He really loved me. Faithful are the wombs of a friend. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. my eyes were open to my own character flaw, and I got to see it. Yep. So wait a minute. I'm, I'm telling you the story because of what you led into something. What did the last thing you said? We were talking about um, friendship. People and then pleading. we talked about the um, you had to let someone go. And then we talked about. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so yes, I had, so I had the amazing opportunity to have someone speak into my life, and that was a turning point in my life of realizing, oh, wow, I do take advantage mm-hmm. of other people. That's not a very good character trait. Saul was doing the same thing. David did it, too. So that, mm-hmm. that, yeah. that put me on a track of complete turnaround. I was, I was listening to reproof in my life. Yeah. And then I, I, like I said, now... 30 years later, you know, I had the same thing happen with someone that I now was working with mm. and trying to just really help them to see what was going on. And instead, it turned into a bitterness. Mm. And, you know, rather than like, what could I do differently? It was just, this is who, what you've done. It's your fault. And unfortunately. And, and the difference, how you know you're a Saul or a David, they're so similar and they're so different in so mm. many ways. But David, when called on his sin, repented, mm-hmm. turned and said, mm. you know, I have sinned. Um, Saul, on the other hand, didn't know what was wrong with it. Yeah. Saul is this unique character where he's always kind of misses the boat. So mm-hmm. in the book of 1 Samuel, you got two themes, two major themes. The first and the biggest theme is hear. Samuel's name, Shamu, means to hear. H-E-A-R. To hear something, yes. The <coughs> Shema is hear, O Israel. Mm-hmm. The Lord your God is one. And the other theme is to see. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems in chapter 3 is there's no seer in the land, no prophet. Mm-hmm. No one sees and to see is insight. It doesn't just mean to have a vision. The vision is of what God is thinking, what God is saying, and to reveal the mind of God. And so sight is what Paul, or I'm sorry, Saul lacks spiritual sight. Mm. And David has spiritual insight. And it's faith. That's the basis of it. Mm. Faith, in, and that's why they, Eli was alive, but there was no vision, no, no seer in the land in mm. chapter 3. Because Eli didn't see things from a spiritual perspective. Mm. He appeared to. He appeared to, and he said all the right words, but in the end, he didn't. And he couldn't see the sin of his own children. And he was physically blind, too, which is another indication. Interesting. So seeing is another theme in the book. And so David sees things spiritually. So Mm. when David is called on his sin later on with Bathsheba, he immediately repents. Mm. And he makes things right, and he submits to the chastisement of the Lord. Mm. Saul, on the other hand, says, well, it was the people's fault. I was doing this. Yeah, I was doing yeah, that. Yeah. And he's always worried about Saul mm-hmm. because he doesn't have faith. And the faith comes down to this. Do you really believe God is good and he's for your good? Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're going to do what Saul did, blaming other people. Yeah, and seeking your own good and trying to mm-hmm. set yourself up, scheming, mm-hmm. plotting, you know, going around behind the scenes to make things work for yourself. Mm-hmm. And, and and sometimes the Sauls win. It happens in churches all the time. It happens all the time in churches. It happens in politics. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... The problem is, is they win right until the last moment when they die. Mm. Then for eternity, they lose. Wow. And, and, scary. and so David is here and sometimes David's win, too. <laughs> but this story um, about Samuel, Samuel is telling the book of Samuel is telling this story about King Saul. He's he wants to he wants to advance himself. He's worried about himself. And it says in 1 Samuel 16 that David finds favor in Saul's sight. So he likes him because he sees what he can get out of David. Mm. And so he's found favor in his sight. And then in chapter 17 of 1 Samuel, David helps Saul. He's very useful to him. He defeats Goliath. Mm -hmm. 
and and he he leads the whole nation to victory and he inspires a whole nation and the result of that should be Saul looking at David and saying this guy helped me out in a jam he's very useful I'm going to make him my friend but what happens is after the battle Saul Saul hears the women singing and they say Saul has slain his thousands David is ten thousands, thousands. Yeah. and what happens is it says the Bible says it made him two things very angry and it mm. displeased him mm. and and you see later on the reason is because He's jealous Mm -hmm. and he's insecure about his own position because he doesn't truly believe that God made him king. Okay, Molly writes an audio drama and everyone writes in, it's the best audio drama I've ever heard. And then she writes another audio drama. Oh, Molly's still, this is amazing. Who's this Molly person? She writes another one. Molly's amazing. And I'm like, Mark has written his 30 dramas. Molly's written her 3,000 dramas, and they're all talking about Molly and like, hmm, I'm going to get rid of you right away. (laughs) No, but you know what? Because God has got a hold of my heart right now, Molly receives that kind of acclamation. I'm going to be like, praise God. Molly, take over Lamplighter Theater. It's all yours. (laughs) That's funny. Here's the thing. Saul has a lot going for him. Mm -hmm. He's really tall. He's handsome. He has the backing of the people. And so all of these insecurities are not based in reality. But you know what the difference between Saul and David is? Their names. Saul means asked for. Asked for? Asked for, to make a request of. The people made a request Mm. of God and asked for a king, Mm, and they got asked for. And they actually got what they asked for. They got a king. And they got a king like the other nations because they asked for a king like the other nations. Saul was a king like the other nations. He was a politician, self-serving, jealous person. And you know what David's name is? Let me, let me guess. Dav, David. David. Um, I don't know. Beloved. Oh, Implying oh, yeah, beloved yeah, yeah. of God. We did know that. We talked about that. Yeah, because yeah. there was another word in the Bible that means beloved. So so David is beloved by God. He's a man after God's own heart. Oh, mm-hmm. wow. The difference is their relationship. Mm-hmm. To God. To God. And so when you see the jealousy, um, there's an interesting angle, too, because Saul attempts to kill David because he's so jealous he thinks he's going to steal the kingdom. But you know who befriends David that day and doesn't betray his covenant friendship? Saul's son. Saul's son, Jonathan. Jonathan. Okay. Because Jonathan... Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Finish up. Because Jonathan is a man like David. He's Mm. brave, he trusts God, and he's courageous. And so he sees in David that which is in him, faith. And that becomes a stronger bond of friendship than anything. Mm. That's what draws the two together. It's beautiful. Like attracts like. Yep. Even though Saul was attracted to David, but he was attracted to David for the wrong reasons. So children need to discern what is the reason that others are attracted to them or they're attracted to other people to to cultivate those close friendships. Is it because of the faith and courage and virtues of the other person or is it because of the other person kind of getting their way yeah. in, mm-hmm. in providing some source of um, substitutionary strength mm-hmm. that allows them to take advantage of other people? Yeah. And with that... We're going to close this as part one on friendship, and we're going to come back maybe right after dinner and start part two. How's that sound? Sounds great. Okay, this is good. I'm really I'm oh. really excited about this, Colin. Thanks so much. Thank you. Yeah, we'll see you next time on Fastened Like Nails. Sounds good. You've been listening to Fastened Like Nails, a presentation of Lamplighter Ministries. Our mission is to make ready a people prepared for the Lord by building Christ-like character one story at a time. 
To learn more about our family collection of rare books, dramatic audios, or guild programs, visit lamplighter.net. To hear more podcasts, search for Fastened Like Nails wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have a question you would like to submit for the Lamplighter team, visit lamplighter.net slash podcast and fill out the form. That's lamplighter.net slash podcast.